Hello, I'm Nicole Clark, speech language pathologist and vice president of compliance education for Health Pro Heritage. You're listening to the Compliance Connection podcast, your connection to information and strategies that will help you, the clinician, keep up with industry guidelines and requirements. The word compliance often comes with some level of anxiety. We're here to ease that anxiety by providing you with information about all aspects of your clinical practice that will help you provide the best possible service to your patients. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, and welcome back to our summer series for home and community-based services. We are gonna take things to the next level. And today we are gonna take a deeper dive into optimizing caregiver interactions. So the first thing that we want to think about when working with a new patient and their caregivers is assessing that caregiver's willingness and readiness to participate, as well as the patient's willingness to have them present and accept help from that caregiver. We need to assess the level of education or the level that the caregiver will be providing, whether they're a family member, a paid caregiver CNA, and if the patient's willing to help participate and provide education and support to the caregiver as well. So we have that full team approach. The second consideration we want to take in is that we are discharge planning from the very first interaction or visit with this patient. So we need to be thinking, what do we need to anticipate to ensure a successful discharge? What are the concerns that would lead to rehospitalization? And who is educating on these? Um, is nursing, OT, PT, speech, any comorbidities or complications with the patient? Are assessing their risk for secondary conditions and how are we preventing those? And then even if we're recommending a higher level of care because the current level of care is not safe or they don't have adequate caregiver support. So really thinking about that discharge planning from the very first interaction and what could be um, challenges to that discharge planning to ensure that we have appropriate caregiver support in there. The third consideration, we want to think about establishing our expectations for caregiver carryover. So what will they be focusing on with the patient? And then can they carry over those items um, with the patient the entire plan of care while we're progressing items? So could they work with the patient on that home exercise program? And then we provide that education to progress those items. And as always with with all of these, we want to look at the caregivers and the patients through the lens of compassion and understanding, and also, you know, be flexible and empathetic to what they're going through, the changes they've encountered, uh, the difficulties they may be facing to understand that is um, likely a large life change for them or, you know, Possibly this patient was very independent prior and they didn't need the caregiver support. So just providing that empathy and and compassion to understand they might be going through a lot right now. The fourth thing that we want to consider is assessing that caregiver and patient understanding. So are they able to verbalize expectations or items that they'll be helping with? 
Can they complete a return demonstration of what is expected? And if it's a paid agency that's coming in, typically that's multiple caregivers, right? So if we're training one caregiver, is that instruction being written down? Is it being passed on or conveyed to the next person? And typically a call or a visit with um, that manager or leader at that care agency to ensure the best carryover possible amongst all of them is, um, is good for success. So once we are assessing their understanding, their willingness, ready to, to, to participate, establishing our expectations with them, and then again, focusing on that discharge planning from the very beginning. We also want to consider what types of resources we can provide to that caregiver to optimize the best outcome for everyone. So whether that is written handouts and considering with that, what level is that information, that health literacy information? If the caregiver is, you know, somebody who um, struggles with health literacy information or struggles with reading, we need to make sure that information being provided to them is something that they can adequately understand. If there are pictures, um, maybe that's a better form of learning and understanding for them is having that physical picture along with the written handouts. That can be very helpful in addition as well. Possibly a personal video of the patient um, on the patient or the caregiver's phone with their permission, completing that task, completing those exercises, that stretching, that positioning, any items that would be difficult to carry over, but having that video that they can refer back to or uh, reflect on would be helpful in ensuring the completion. And then um, for us as caregivers, Health Pros provided us with quite a bit of resources for us in CU 360, as well as um, handouts and different education pieces that we can utilize um, to bring into that caregiver-patient um, relationship. The sixth component that we need to consider with our caregivers and optimizing that interaction is if we're seeing signs of caregiver burnout or frustration, figure out, you know, where that's coming from. You know, is it one of the other components above that we, you know, did not consider? Maybe they're not willing or ready to participate. Maybe they're simply not understanding their expectations or not understanding the instructions they've been given, or they're simply present 24 seven and they are burnout. They need some relief. They need some respite care. So coordination of care amongst the other disciplines, possibly reaching out for that MSW referral for them to come in and see if there's anything else that they could help with, um, with community resources, or like I said, setting up respite care for that patient. Could they reach out to another friend or family member? that could come be trained or give them that respite time for them to leave. I have a good example of a patient recently that patient has had Parkinson's for seven or eight years now. And so the wife has been playing a caregiver role, uh, but up until recently she could leave uh, for a couple hours at a time and the patient would be safe, you know, while she was gone. With this recent hospitalization and some extra concerns with a fracture, that he sustained while hospitalized and suspected CVA, 
she automatically set up another caregiver to be coming out three days a week for three hours to be present so that she could have that respite time. So I thought that was great of her being proactive in her own role as the caregiver and um, finding somebody that had CNA training that she felt comfortable with. She can still go out into the community, meet with a friend, run errands, get groceries, and know that her loved one is safe at home. And that has made a significant difference for her and her mental health and her ability to be present uh, when she is home with her spouse caring for them. And again, just offering that support and that empathy to that caregiver and figuring out, you know, what we can do to better help them through that process. And again, it might be like a lack of understanding or they feel overwhelmed with everything going on. So if we can simplify those things or possibly developed like a schedule for them or, um, you know, optimize when they're performing those activities to have the best response from the patient. So taking that time to really listen to that caregiver, to the patient, speak to them, figure out what barriers they're having and how we can help. So in summary, we looked at assessing that caregiver willingness and readiness, discharge planning from day one, establishing our expectations, assessing the caregiver patient understanding, figuring out what types of resources we're gonna to provide to that caregiver for optimal success, and then assessing for that caregiver burnout to see what we can do to help prevent that. Thanks again for tuning in today, guys. Please stay tuned for our next podcast where Patrick is gonna help you set up your patient for a successful care plan. Have a good day.